A public-private partnership involving Intel Security, Kaspersky Lab, police in the Netherlands, as well as the EU's Law Enforcement Intelligence Agency, recently announced two things. First, they've launched a new portal to help ransomware victims decrypt their files. And second, they recently took down the malicious infrastructure involved in hosting and running Shade Ransomware. Hi, I'm Matthew Schwartz, Executive Editor for Information Security Media Group. And I'm speaking with Raj Simani, the CTO for Intel Security in EMEA. Raj, thanks for joining me. Before we jump into the new portal, tell me, please, what's different about this particular takedown? When we've done takedowns in the past, remediation's always been the difficult part because, you know, you've got to get people to download tools and so forth. And this is kind of that, well, okay, we've done this, this operation. But actually, I think the bigger story now is we're saying we're now committed towards a longer term solution, not having to let people decide whether to pay the ransom or not. We've now given you a third option. And just explain to me exactly what that third option is going to be. Sure. So today, if Matthew Schwartz is hit by ransomware, he has a difficult decision. Do I pay criminals and fund crime, but get access to my data? Or do I not fund crime and potentially not able to function as a business or as a person or not have access to the data? And it's a difficult decision. Whereas now what you can do is you can now go to nomoransom.org and you can determine what variant of ransomware you've been hit with. And if we've been successful in our operations, like we have just done with Shade, you can download free decryption tools to make your data available without paying the ransom. Shade, obviously, ransomware Trojan that emerged in late 2014. We've seen a few cases of ransomware developers flubbing the encryption or making some other errors that have allowed researchers, security firms, to publish decryption tools. But that won't always be the case, right? Correct. But, you know, ways in which we can get decryption tools will be, for example, yes, if they've made errors with regards to their code. That's one methodology. But, of course, we have the other methodology, which is now, as you can see, we have private sector and public sector working together. Now we can work with law enforcement, as we've done in the past, to seize infrastructure. And the seizing of that infrastructure will allow us to be able to get forensic images of criminal infrastructure and allow us to be able to extract decryption keys. And that's certainly what we're able to do now. And that then allows us to be able to create tools. And those tools are then provided free of charge to society at large to be able to say, well, hey, look, where, you know, we've been successful with a law enforcement operation. Here we can now make these tools free of charge. And we've done that for some time now, right? We did that with B-Bone and Operation Source and Crypto Locker and Game Over's Use and other things. So here we now are saying there is now a single place that you can go to. And not only a single place you can go to to find out what variant you have and decrypt your data if we've got the keys but also allow you to be able to understand what to do to be, become a victim in the future. But also, how would I report this to law enforcement? What are the steps that I would go through? And so again, it provides us with better visibility, better intelligence around where the infections are actually occurring and actually who the criminals are going after. Now, is this site aimed solely at Europeans or is it more global? Absolutely global. Now, one of the things we were just speaking about was Game over Zeus. And I know in the past that despite interruptions of the malicious infrastructure, one of the frustrations for security firms and researchers such as yourself was there were still so many infected endpoints. Is this a big change now with ransomware because people know they're infected and they have a real impetus now to do something about it because they're being held to ransom? You know, I think that's a good question. I mean, I don't know. 
is the answer. <laughs> I suggest what we do is we, we do a follow-up in three months' time and uh, see whether the take-up rates for this is higher than, say, for example, a standard piece of malware that's, you know, espionage form of malware. I would assume so, but if people know about it, you know, if people know that No More Ransom exists, if people know that No More Ransom has decryption keys, then I would anticipate that will always be the first place that we go. I mean, I think it was in March, there was somewhere in the region of 700,000 ransomware infections globally. Those 700,000 people should be going to No More Ransom. One of the interesting things about this, I think, is that Europol has made a name for itself along with the European Cybercrime Center in the last couple of years by providing threat intelligence and coordination of takedowns. This seems to be an extension of that effort, although instead of coordinating law enforcement agencies, it's crossing over now into a more public-focused effort. I think EC3 are a shining example of 21st century law enforcement because the development of their advisory groups, the fact that we've come in as these advisors around internet security that's pretty new. I mean, it's not a model that we've seen. For example, you've not seen an advisory group created around traditional crimes, I guess. So for me, I'm a huge fan of EC3. I think the fact that they are certainly coordinating and liaising international law enforcement efforts, because quite frankly, cybercrime doesn't respect boundaries. I mean, it never has and it never will. And yet we're bound by jurisdiction, or certainly law enforcement traditionally has been bound by jurisdictional boundaries. And I think EC3 kind of recognize those constraints. And like the creation of JCAT, for example, the Joint Cybercrime Action Task Force, where you've got liaison officers from all of the different member states, has been, and actually beyond just the member states, actually more than just the member states. I think it shows us how law enforcement is adapting to meet the future issues that society is facing. Because cybercrime is not new. It's just an evolution of traditional crime. But it does have a lot of very specific nuances that we haven't seen with traditional crime. For example, I can carry out a crime from my bedroom to a victim halfway across the world. And I think ransomware is a good example of that. I think EC3 are that shining example. And, and actually, you know, not just EC3, but you look at the NTA's recent successes, you look at the Dutch High Tech Crime Unit's recent successes, etc., etc. Do you expect that the creation of a site like this, which is stepping up the societal defense against ransomware, might elicit some type of a reaction from the people who are developing, selling, and profiting from ransomware? Well, yeah, <laughs> I hope not. But we have considered that as part of our risk assessment when we posted the site and developed security technologies to mitigate that risk. When we're speaking about ransomware, one of the trends has obviously been a huge increase in infections. It seems to be an easy payday for a lot of attackers. Are there any other trends recently that you've been especially alarmed by? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, in fact, so Samsung was particularly relevant because it was business focused and actually vertically focused. You know, it was going after healthcare and academic. But I think there was the recent research that we saw where the actors behind the campaign of Jigsaw suggested that their campaign was funded and sponsored by an enterprise organization looking to disrupt their competitors. So unscrupulous competitors employing ransomware in order to disadvantage the competition. Let me give you the exact text that they used. We are hired by corporation to cyber disrupt day-to-day -day business of their competition. I don't even know how you got it. And then the response was, oh, interesting. So that's why the ransom is so low, because you are already getting paid by the corporation. So you're most likely interested in disrupting the business rather than making a lot of money off the ransom. Is it like a legitimate corporation? And is it well known? 
Yes, it's a big corporation, a Fortune 500 company. The purpose was just to lock files to delay a corporation's production time to allow our clients to introduce a similar product into the market first. Interesting development. Yeah. I mean, I literally read that and just went, oh, that's new. If true, obviously. But unscrupulous competitors have always been a threat. Well, look, we can only go with the information that we have before us. And the information that we have before us suggests. But we know that cyber criminals are available for hire. We know for a fact that they are used. I think hacking team has displayed that there are, I guess, people using cyber offensive tools for for their own purpose. But this would be new because ransomware has traditionally been get a group of email addresses and target by country and consumers SMBs are pretty much here. Samsung, we know, has changed that model because it's vertically business focused. This, of course, there's going to need to be more evidence and more details of. But if true, is a very frightening trend because now it's being used for corporate, not even espionage, is it? I mean, it's to disrupt competitors. So ransomware is certainly becoming a vehicle of choice. I mean, cybercrime is a growth industry and ransomware is the poster child of criminals. Raj, thanks very much for your time today. No, no problems. For Information Security Media Group, this is Matthew Schwartz. Thank you for joining us.